A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Welcome back to another episode of the Poe Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the dead Poe Hitter, coming at you with another main event NFBC player movement podcast with Todd Whitestone. Now, special guest tonight is Steve Weimer, and we get into, obviously, commenting on the players that were picked up and dropped in the NFBC, some overall standings, league standings, um, and then we get into some questions with Steve's um uh, process throughout the years, how he tests projection systems and how he adjusts his SGPs um, accordingly in season and preseason. So, um, very um, actionable podcast, a lot of great advice from Steve and Todd. Um, so, uh, make sure you check out Todd's article on spstreamer.com. It's a free article to read. He recaps the main event fab and standing movement every week. So, um, with that being said, enjoy. All righty, folks, welcome back to the Poe Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D., the dead Poe Hitter, here with my man Todd Whitestone, about to break down the NFBC player movement for the week, talking about Todd's article from spstreamer.com. We have our special guest for the week, and Mr. Steve Weimer, the analytical fantasy baseball assassin, as noted in his Twitter profile. <laughs> Todd, I'll start off with you. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing okay, Rob. Uh, good, good to see you, and glad we uh, get, could get Steve on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I just got through my meltdown of changing from my microphone to my new computer setup. So uh, it was 15 minutes of what I thought was the end of the world, um, <laughs> and I hate that feeling. Um, but Steve, what's going on, buddy? Thanks for joining us tonight. How you doing? I'm all right. Uh, thanks for having me on. If 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 my Twitter profile says analytical baseball assassin, then I think I've been hacked. You've been hacked. Um, but but so you've, you've given me an idea. Yeah. <laughs> this this profile has been hacked. You start it right now. And you just start like saying stuff like, um, you know, if anyone wants to see my pickups, 10 retweets and I'll post it. <laughs> oh man. So had did did, did anyone have a meltdown last night when Ozzy Albies um it, you know got hurt really bad? Yeah, everybody yeah. raised their hand. <laughs> um Todd, I'll start with you first. Where do you have Albies? Well, I have 10 NFBC leagues and he's on four of them. Okay, that's so, big. Uh, yep. The only thing is I on the, the best team that James and I have in the main event, he's not on that particular team, but uh, still a pretty tough blow for me because I really like Albies and uh, was targeting him and it, he was doing well. I mean, you know, it was a good pick so far. I mean, sometimes these injuries, you, you can't really beat yourself up about it. He's, 
I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to hold them, even though it's going to be a long time. Yeah, hold, huh? I think so, unless they come out with a later timeline. What's the What's the newest timeline? Um, I thought it was like more like six weeks. Is that right? I think they put them directly on the sixty day IL. So, so that's that's two months. Two months, minimum. eight weeks, eight yeah. weeks. So yeah. I don't know. For now, I'm going to try to hold them. If it gets too rough, I might have to drop. But, you know, it's just, just I'm, I'm very uh, sad about it. <laughs> yeah, sad. Definitely sad. Uh, Steve, do you have Albies in any Fab Leagues? No, I think just a couple of DCs. So I guess, relatively speaking, not not too bad for me. Um, but my heart goes out to those who are heavily invested. <laughs> like Todd. What, what do you got in the DCs? I look quick at my DC teams and I see like a lot of Taylor Walls and a lot of, uh, you know, Paul DeYoung middle infield. This is, <laughs> this is the time for Christian Arroyo to, to shine. Oh, that's your guy. That's your yeah. guy. Yeah. So that timing maybe works out um, for those teams anyway. I'm not sure Christian Arroyo will really shine, but he's, he's getting his opportunity in my lineups. If uh, if Christian Oyo goes on a run now and saves your DC team with a boost from Ali Abi, he's gonna be forever on your teams going forward, right? right? No matter what. You yeah. gotta buy a jersey. You gotta buy a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have him in OC, and I think I'm definitely gonna drop him this weekend. There's there's no uh, there's no reason to hold him. I don't think he's gonna play again. Or if he does, I don't know. It it it's kind of on a good OC too. I mean, I'm in first. I'm in the top 125 overall. But what are you gonna do? This is it. It's this is. Uh, I'm just going to have to really uh, on that on that team. I I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of um, pitching depth that I've been streaming from off the bench. Um, sorry, that's what that that's what I have my other two OCs. This team I have a lot of offensive guys. So I think I'm I'm hopefully uh, gonna um, you know what I made it this far without India and India replaces Albie the second for me I have a uh, Ahmad Azario a shortstop so and I got Josh Rojas floating around so not gonna be that bad but still want the Albies in there of course um, sure yeah absolutely so um, speaking of IL guys perfect segue into I just wanted to get you guys opinion on like stashing IL guys on teams, you know, how many is too many players to have on your bench? Obviously all different in team context. Um, but you know, what is the line also to of who is worth the hold or not? And, um, is there a length at the cutoff as well? Like, you know, how long, um, <clears throat> do you have to see a guy out for to just cut bait with him? Steve, let's start off with you. What do you got? Um, yeah, I've got, I don't know. So I, I, I've got three, I think, injured pitchers on the bench right now. I wouldn't ever go more than that. Um, in terms of injured players, I think I want four uh, uh, backups that are usable. Like, I don't know. I'm pretty much a stickler for, like, not having zeros. I always have a backup for every position. So that usually means three hitters, like a corner, a middle, and an outfielder, and then have one pitcher that I could plug in um, if I needed to. So then that leaves three spots to, to do whatever with. Um, but uh, I think – I think the time definitely matters. Um, like you're not going to hold three injured people for like three months or something like that. There's just no way. So you might as well cut one or two of them 
sooner and do something with that roster spot. Right. But, you know, if it's, I mean, a week or two out that, you know, you can get by the tough cases are the ones where you just don't, you don't have information. Like right now, I think it's Woodruff, um, Ober, who's, you know, shouldn't be out that long, you'd think, but there's no, no updates. So that's just the, the kind of thing that can string you along week to week. And I'd say like, in terms of like where that line is, I know that you and I disagreed. I thought Ober was under the cutting line. Um, but you said, you know, this weekend he was a hold when we were talking about it. So I think the line is somewhere near Bailey Ober in terms okay. of like the quality, the quality of player. Mm, uh, good point. That's, yeah. that's, wor- that's worth holding for, you know, whatever that is, like a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. What's your initial reaction to Matt? Um, probably gone, I think, yeah. at this point. I think he's gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, uh, you know, once there's a setback, like it's already kind of weird, you know, like I mean, if there's a setback before, but it wasn't progressing quickly. And now there's this. So um, that'll free up some, some room on my teams. Yeah, absolutely. I was so hopeful for him. Uh, right. And then it's, it's just going to be like in two weeks where we just try to get them back when we have some more bench spots available. I'm like, oh, I don't <laughs> have anyone stashed right now. So it's. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. Todd, what about you? What's your thoughts on the whole stash game? So, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously easier to drop in 12 versus a 15. Um, But yeah, at this point of the season, you know, I think if it's a medium level player, like somebody you would have drafted in round 20 or so, it's hard to hold for two to three weeks, even Um, if it's, if it's a top, 10 or top five draft pick, then I try to hold them if he's going to be back for any length of time. I mean, obviously, he's coming back at the end of August. That's different. But um, I, I try to hold those top guys if I can. But if you got four other injured players that are temporarily out, you just sometimes you just can't do it. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Um, I feel like it also depends on your teams, too, you know. Yeah, Maybe, yeah. you know, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I'm a little more comfortable when my teams are, you know, are in a good spot. Maybe uh, I have a strong lineup that week where I don't need to maybe plug in a lot of Monday to Thursday, or maybe I don't need a streamer, a pitcher, and maybe I'm good enough in the standings where I can I can stash, you know, one my worst fab team is one of my online championships and I was uh 12th for most of the season crawling up to ninth but I in that league I was cutting guys quicker you know to to just to be able to fab some better players you know better possible rest of season players and you know I didn't want to take off weeks um completely you know I had a lot to catch up in so uh you know that's that's what I feel like the league definitely helps yeah definitely yeah. matters um Another thing I wanted to ask you guys, um, talking about fabbing, um, let's say you have a list of like four or five of similar, you know, bids, waterfalls, as they say. Um, and maybe you have it spread out and, you know, two or three 15 team leagues. Do you ever kind of flip flop maybe the priorities if you kind of feel like their players can be a similar value, just like almost like we diversify in drafts, you know, like kind of diversifying in fab. Have you guys ever thought about that? Did that ever come across in your, in your head while you're doing that? Steve? Yeah. Go ahead, Steve. Um, I don't, but I should, I think. <laughs> um, I came to that realization a few weeks ago. It was, um, 
it was Springs and Silseth. And I went back and forth like all day on how to prioritize them. And they were so close that I went Silseth ahead of Springs, but then I did it on both mains and got them on both. Um, and I think it would have made sense. It would have been nice now to, to have Springs instead. So yeah, like when they're that close um, and you have multiple teams, like why not? Um, yeah. I think diversify a little bit. I mean, there's a flip side of it too. Like if, if you have a strong feeling that you really think somebody's going to be, you know, a lot better than, yeah, you want to get that person, you know, on maintains as you can. But in that case, it was really like tossing a coin and I just tossed it the same way. Like both yeah. times. And that's a good example too. I think that was two guys that I was kind of unsure of. But in the end, we should have just listened to Toby. Um, yeah, that's that's <laughs> he, generally he was, a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. He, he completely... Uh, trying to you know tried to push the springs he said it in his podcast and I, I i it was so funny because after his first good start i was like oh that's like i made a mistake uh in assessing that and so i have a midweek fab in my keeper league you know and um i scooped them up for a dollar and it's a yeah. it's head to head on cbs and it's category so what's cool about him is we we have to start you know um daily we get to change our lineups daily but we have maximum um five starters three relievers and then one flex pitching spot and he qualifies as a reliever as well so weeks where maybe i'm not going for holds i could sneak them in uh, or have multiple starters up to maybe six starters i can sneak them in on the relief side it's pretty it's pretty cool so i got him for a dollar uh, you know toby yeah. you know uh I, I listened to you like in the middle of the week but not not in the beginning yeah. i wasn't a believer yeah. but um yeah. Todd, what what about you? Do you kind yeah. of diversify? My answer it was going to be the same as Steve's. Like I, uh, what happens to me, Rob, is sometimes I have a long long waterfalls for the same sort of team, and then uh, it gets to the point where uh, I like a player more than the market. So let's say it's the third the third guy in my list, and it's the third guy both times, and I that's where of course I end up with the same player, and. Yeah, that was my third ranked player, but maybe, you know, I thought the fourth and the fifth were really, really close. And I should have, instead of getting the same guy in two or three teams, I should have, uh, I should have mixed it up a little, I think. Um, when they're that close, when it, you know, when you really think one's better, that's different. But um, I have ended up with the same guy because you don't realize it, but you like a guy better than the market. And um, like this past week, I got Jack Sawinski, who I like. Uh, in a couple, maybe three spots. And there were guys I liked just about the same as him. It just, it was, I liked him better than the market in those cases. Big Jack. I love Jack. I got Jack last week. I'm pretty uh -huh. happy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, ha I don't know. I got a thing for Jack Sawinski. Um, <laughs> I believe in the power and I think he's got some sneaky speed. Um, I have my eye on him since last year, actually. And this is what, happened, what happens when you play Dynasty. You know, you kind of have to look at some yeah. guys. And yeah. last year, uh, he he kind of uh, was brought to my attention by a couple of uh, the Dynasty rankers. And, uh, you know. I think he's got your... good, good power, Rob. You know, I, yeah. I'm not sure about the speed. But I think, uh, you know, the Pirates... They're not as bad as uh, I thought they were going to be. I mean, I know that's a, it could be an understatement, but but they're not like you know horrendously bad, especially in the offense. They they can uh, score some runs. Their their minor league system is is pretty solid. They they're gonna have they're gonna keep bringing up some solid guys. I, I even like the way some of the players are playing now. Diego Castillo, Tucapita, Marcano. Oh. 
they have some yeah. really solid baseball players. And I think once you see Cruz up there, um, you know, they're, uh, uh, I think they're almost kind of putting the brakes on it because they, they know they could pop possibly be sneaky good. Um, so, but it, it'll be cool to see um, the development of the team, but getting back to Jack, you know, he, steamer and the bat has him for three projected steals and, in, in 274 plate appearances. It's not, not too bad. It's not nothing, you know, Yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he's good for, uh, you know, like a 20 home run and, 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 Five stolen base season. It's not terrible. I mean, you can right. find that on the wire probably, but um, yeah, he, he's no Ricky Henderson, but uh, well, this there really is no Ricky <laughs> Henderson, you know. I mean, that guy was just in a league of his own, you know. I think he had really? the best, you know, he had the, you know, he had, I think, probably. Um, I was listening to a cool new podcast with Ron Darling and Jimmy Rollins, it um, and it's called uh. Oh man, unwritten. And they talk about every podcast is a, an unwritten rule in baseball. And they talk about, you know, what players think of in their head, how the managers process it. And the second one actually even brought Larry Bro on to talk about like retribution for hit, you know, like hard <laughs> slides and, and um, hit by pitches. Um, but um Damn, where was I going with this with this point? Ricky before? Henderson, Ricky yes. Henderson. Oh, so Jimmy Rollins made a great point. He said that um, in the first episode, they were talking about bat flipping, and they said that Ricky Henderson was kind of like the first to have somewhat of a showboatmanship to the little shuffle that he did, that little, you know, that little like Barry Sanders juke step, you know, and got out of the box and, you know, um, how it, you know, it. A lot of, you know, that's what um, Rollins said, you know, he was my favorite player and I looked up to him. I know a lot of people did too. So he influenced a lot of that, you know, showmanship, right, but it, right, it was right, pretty right. cool. Their, their talk on bat flips was really, um, was, was really cool. They have, it, and they're short. They're like 25, 30 minute episodes. It's really cool. Um, if you guys yeah, have, yeah. have some time where you can do like a, uh i've been trying to listen to a lot more like non-fantasy pods recently um because i felt like i was distancing myself a little too much from like you know just baseball stories and this one is really cool uh and i love darling um yeah, and jimmy yeah. rollins has some good stories too so anyway hey, steve steve where would you draft ricky henderson if you knew he was going to have 130 steals <laughs> i mean he's gotta be I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, first round. My first thought was he's got to be number one, but then, I mean, that's you've won a category, but you don't need to win it by as much as you will once you have him. <laughs> yeah, and right. If you, if you yeah. try to avoid steals. So I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, but exactly. he, did, he did hit homers too. I mean, that was the thing. It wasn't just all yeah. steals. Yeah, is he first overall? I would think so in most situations, but I'm really I'm, tempted to like run it through an SGP calculator real quick. Go ahead, please. please. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would love to see that. I mean, we're talking, um, all right, in 1984, 16 homers, um, 66 stolen bases. Um, 1985, 24 homers, 80 stolen bases, 146 <laughs> runs. Um, 1986, 28 homers, 130 runs, 74 ribbies, 87 stolen bases. Even, even the year he did 10 homers and 130. 130 stolen bases. He got caught 42 <laughs> times. He got caught 42 times. 
<laughs> That's hard to believe. That's hard to believe that anyone would even attempt that many. He got caught more than like the league leader does now, like have yeah, yeah. bases. That's insane. Yeah, that's that insane. You know, oh man, this is he's pretty dynamite, pretty dynamite of a player. Like really fascinating. Didn't even strike out really fifteen percent of the time, thirteen percent of the time. Walked more than he struck out. Man, career OBP of four four hundred. Man. Yeah, OBP leagues, he'd be definite number one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, I, we should I think we so. should have a draft of like seasons, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that would be That would be, be uh, interesting. I think Steve, even Steve would take him number one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's get into some fab talk. And um, we'll hit the fab first, hit Todd's article, and then we have some questions for Steve. We'll get into a little bit of his process and also get sure. his thoughts along the way on on this week's fab. So uh yeah, Todd, take us through um take us yeah, through I'll, what you I'll got. update I'll, I'll update the uh, hitting stats briefly. Mm-hmm. Um the runs per game is up to four point three three, which is up I hold on a second, hold on a second. You're skipping the intro. Oh, well, if you want me to go through that. I, I mean, mean, yeah, talk about the theme of the show. This is, uh, you know, saves the article, are the sorry, theme. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I thought saving Fiona, which Shrek did quite well in that movie, um, meant that he had a good philosophy for saves. And actually, when he showed up, uh, up in the tower, um, I think Fiona, like many of us, had an idea of how it was going to go. Like when I drafted Blake Trinan, I had an idea of how it was supposed to go, <laughs> but uh, it didn't really go that way. And uh, you got to be flexible. This is what Rob tells me all the time. You got to be flexible. Yeah. And, um, and, and so, uh, and then I thought that the, the scene where uh, Donkey, uh, is, you know, is, is sort of invited into Shrek's house and wants to make waffles in the morning. I thought that reminded me of, you know, when you have that closer that you think is going to get saves, but you keep him on your roster and you just don't get rid of him and he chooses up a roster spot and he never really helps you. You know, you just, uh, you can't get rid of him. And that's sort of what Donkey's situation was. Um, so that was the theme of well, the show. Let me talk, let me tell you about being flexible right now we're going to hit you with something that you're going to have to stay very flexible with okay i don't think you're ready for this but we're going to bump up the would you rather right now because we have we have specially prepared for you would you rathers that are shrek themed and you are (laughs) yeah just for you todd just for you todd steve dug this up gold mine stuff right here so we're going to get this out of the way early in the episode um so i'm gonna i'm gonna start off with one, and then Steve will ask you one. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm Are ready. you ready? All right. Yeah. Would you rather make out with Shrek, but nobody will ever know about it, or not make out with Shrek, but you have everyone think that you did? <laughs> uh, that's that's a tough one. I would say, I mean, Shrek is an ogre, so that'd be tough to make out with. I would I would rather be. <laughs> Embarrassed because people thought I did it. I wow. think that's where I, that's a yeah. lot of pressure. That's pressure. A lot of peer pressure that uh, I think I could live with for not making out with an ogre. Okay. Uh, uh, listen, uh, 
Some people are just <laughs> attracted to a certain type. I get it. I get it. Yeah, all right. Green, green. Yeah. Green. If you feel like you can live with all that stress, then God bless you. Um, yeah. All right. Steve, Steve, you're going to ask going now. All right. So would you rather, Todd, briefly turn into Shrek every time that you sneeze yeah. or <laughs> permanently have ears like Shrek? Briefly turn into Shrek. So uh, Rob hates when I ask a question, but, you know, um, can, how long would it last after the sneeze, Steve? Do you have any idea? I mean, I think we're looking at five to ten seconds. Five to ten seconds. I think Long I, enough I think, for everyone to take notice. Yeah, I think I'd go with that because maybe I, in some situations I could get by by trying to convince people that it was just their imagination. <laughs> and uh, if, if, you, if you got the ears that permanently, I don't think it's, there's much you can do about it. So I'd rather, I'd rather do the sneeze thing. Uh, what, what would you say, Steve, on that one? I think, I mean... Uh, go with the ears? I, I think I'd go with the ears. I think that'd be disconcerting to, <laughs> to, to, to all the people around you. You yeah, that's true. Turn into a giant. You know, it could be ogre. great. It could be great at parties. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of the entertainment aspect. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. You could make. You could make, make money. money or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where our minds go. You just oh, just walk God. around. You walk around with pepper. You could just do it on command or something. Yeah. Oh my God. All right. One more. One more. Is there's one more? I feel like I really is the good one. Is a good one. I like to see what both of you guys say. All right. Would you rather get your dream house, but it's covered in Shrek paintings that you cannot remove or have your dream wedding, but the honeymoon has to be at Shrek swamp. (laughs) Wow. Assume, assume that you're not married, you know, and you haven't had a wedding yet. (laughs) So so you get a dream house, but there's pictures of Shrek all over, all over. You can't take them down. I would go with that because I, I kind of think it's funny to have Shrek pictures. So. Yeah, it's true. It might it might even be like a, a collect. Yeah, you might even start a trend, you know? I mean, if you go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art here in New York, you know, and there's there's paintings that I would say I understand and like less than a picture of Shrek. So I would I would take the house. I don't want to I don't want a honeymoon in a swamp particularly. All right, that that's what, a good one. What about Steve? Steve, let's see what Steve yeah. says. I think that's right. Yeah, think, that's a good choice. I think a, a dream house, you know, despite the paintings, will have a lot of virtues. But whatever makes it a dream house is still gonna it's still gonna be really big and nice in certain ways. <laughs> so I take the house. You get used to the paintings. Yeah, right. That's good. That's very solid. All right, now we could talk baseball. We have to we have to switch it okay. up. We got to see how how good you're learning to adjust on the fly and I do, handle that. I, Speaking of on the fly, I did on the fly put the 130 steal season in the yeah. SGV calculator. And that's not even as best as to get 267 average, only 10 homers. Right. But, but Ricky Henderson comes out as uh, $89.90. Um, <laughs> next, which is basically it's a little more than double Trey Turner, um, you know, projection at the beginning of the season. So far and away. Than double. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, uh, that I mean, is fascinating. Did. That's a so what? That's a that's a ninety dollar player in the auction. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty fun. All right, so Steve, like somewhere in the next uh, twenty minutes, put in Bob Gibson's uh, nineteen sixty eight 
What would, he had a 1.12 ERA. We're just going to have a whole episode where we just yeah, tell, know, <laughs> tell Steve season and it'll give us the Steve, SDP rankings. Steve, I just, that's, the only, that's the only one I want. I want, just want to see that one. Yeah. A 1.12 ERA. I think that'll be think, fun, actually. I think that'll be think, a fun episode just to do a yeah, full episode like that. I think, oh, uh, I think it would help my pitching staff. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So basically, you're so. just talking about the Grom last year times two. Uh, yeah, probably right. His 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 season time too. Like if he had a full season last well, year, last last season, yeah, he he only had what four months or something. Yeah, ninety innings, right? Yeah, ninety. And, uh, but Gibson pitched the full year, right? What did he have? Two hundred? How many innings? I don't remember. Probably a lot. I haven't. Yeah, looked, he was I'm a workhorse. Yeah, uh, three hundred and four. Yeah. 304 innings. I mean, he, he went okay. crazy. Maybe more than so. Maybe three. The Grom, the Grom times three. Yeah. <laughs> he, he wouldn't even. He wouldn't even let the manager come out to talk to him, let alone take him out. Yeah, that's wild. That's really, yeah, so. inc- really incredible. The 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 amount of inning they used to throw. So, I don't know, Steve. You're still working on that, but uh, so so the the hitting stats for this year. 4.33 runs per game up from 4.30 home runs 1.05 per game up from 1.02 and home runs last year, 1.22. So even though they're better, they're not at last year's level, uh, but things are getting better at least in terms of hitting uh, the batting average is close to last year, 241 compared to 244 last year. And it was down to in the low two thirties a few weeks ago. So Things are better. I'm not sure if they're using the same ball or what the heck's going on, but it's certainly better offense. And then in terms of pitching, the strikeouts are still down uh, 8.32 per game. uh, And walks are a little bit lower, 3.15. So as I've mentioned, uh, fewer strikeouts, fewer walks, more balls in play, fewer homers. So a little bit more um, Balls, you know, in the outfield, uh, you know, base hits and stuff like that, which is at least more fun to watch. Um, Balls so, in the uh, outfield sounds like a you know a, a really bad movie to get. <laughs> Calls to the outfield. Okay, okay. Uh, All right. And speaking of saves, uh, I figured out the eighty percent target for the main event, which is seventy-five, which is not far from what it's been the last couple of full seasons. It was about. Uh, 73 in 2019 and 70 uh, last, last year. So it's it's a little higher. Um, I think it's more that we're rostering more of the saves than the fact that saves are definitely higher uh, overall. But um, 75 is the number. So you need to be around 28 right now in the season to be on pace for 75. Mm, what do you guys got in saves? Um, I'm all in the 20s. I'm 21, 26, and then one team does have 28. Wow. Doing well. Doing well. Steve, what about you? Uh, one with 30, one with 20. Ooh, 30 and 20. Man, you guys are kicking ass. I got a 21 and 19, and I got Hendricks as uh, in Hendricks, yeah. In, in the, yeah, in the one. Uh, so 30, um, Steve, that's pretty solid. Who's the, who's yeah. the part of the 30? Uh, Jansen, Rainey, and Helsley. Nice. So, nice. 
Nice combo. So, so mostly Jameson. I was surprised. I saw in your article he's what like seventeen. I didn't realize it was up that high. I think yeah. he had four four last week. I didn't notice that. So that'll yeah, he's it. been very good. He's been very good. Yeah, I did um, not. That that seventeen number creeped up for sure. Um, that's that that whole list is was just really what. Again, I think I say it every time that you have a leaderboard, Todd. But I for, yeah. you kind of just forget to really look at over overall numbers sometimes we're just such right. on a rush of the last 14 and last or you know or the next two yeah. weeks and we're not looking at the numbers as a whole so this list Definitely. is 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 cool is is good to look at daniel bard uh at eight or 12 um i feel like even if he down, only gets like three more and he he's got his like draft champions worth already yeah um, you, you want to jump down to that list um it's like uh there the, I show the top 20 or so, and those are guys with eight saves or more as of Sunday. And, uh, you know, I, I know we all felt the best about Hayter and Hendricks, but there's a lot of guys like Gregory Soto. I really wasn't on him at all. And he's done well. He's produced 13 saves. Um, Bard, as you mentioned, um, Presley's had his injury problems, but he still produced 11. Um, Joe Barlow has been kind of in and out, but he's 11 also. And uh, even Melanson, as bad as he's been, has 11 saves. Um, you know, so there, there's a bunch of guys that I think uh, have helped people. And it's not all been the top, you know, four or five guys that we all loved. Right. Got a couple of, uh, you know, deeper ADPs, but. For the most part, the chunk like the guys are that are given the most are still the guys that were scooped up at the top. And I think Class A just really hasn't had enough opportunities, but um opportunities right. to the amount of saves. I think he's got one of the highest percentages. So he I feel like he'll shoot up as well. And uh then of course the last two guys in the list, Clay Holmes and Chapman, both with nine. Right. Who ends up with more? I think uh, I think Holmes might get more, but I don't think Chapman's going to end at nine. I think he's going to get more than that. What are you thinking? Like twenty to fifteen? Yeah, something like that. That's the total. Of, yeah, it's like uh, well, they'll have more. Safe, I mean, unless they keep beating teams eighteen to four, I was going to say they'll have more <laughs> safe opportunities than that. But they they've been on fire. I mean, that that team is uh, on yeah, fire. I don't I don't expect them to continue at forty four and sixteen pace, but. Um, Anyway, so um, uh, Steve, Steve, um, what what do you, what do you, what are your suggestions for anyone who maybe has like Liam Hendricks right now, <clears throat> like me, and uh, <laughs> let's say he's uh, what is what would be a good plan maybe you know to try to replace a guy with you know with such a heavy workload, um, if if you don't have that other guy who's even getting one chance. I mean, I, I have Helsey on that team, so it's not terrible, but I mean, do I go splashy on the next big guy or still try to chip away with a bunch of, uh, you know, cheaper ads? Um, well, I mean, first of all, if you can go back in time and get Graveman, like I think yeah. you did, Todd, did you say that? I think I saw the Todd guy, Graveman. Uh, I got him in a couple leagues. Yeah. But I, I should have gotten him in more if I had known <laughs> I just yeah. uh, I just thought that it was a good spec, and I wasn't yeah. really expecting all that much. But yeah, um, so I mean, I think 
I mean, hopefully by Sunday you'll get more of a timeline. But if you're going to go big on someone, if you know if Raven's the guy by Sunday, then that'd be the one to do. Otherwise, just stay within striking distance and hope that this year plays out like last year, where there were tons of saves on the wire. You know, second half. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. It- oh man, I sh- I don't uh, know why. I don't know why I didn't try to just throw some at Graveman. It's uh, yeah. really uh, just sometimes you just don't want to believe you're like, nah, he's not hurt. This is going right, to be fine. Right. I was probably, uh, was probably a little too optimistic um, in that view. Um, but yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know, I see a lot of uh, sharps who picked them up this week. So the, be- uh, the best thing for you would be if there's like two or three other closer options next weekend also. Mm. So if, if Graveman's like the only one that's floating around, then it's going to be a problem. But if there's like three other guys, like there's a new guy in Miami and a new guy in another couple places, then, you know, you might be able to get one of them at not too huge of a price. I need another Kyle Finnegan in my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's call you know. Phil. Let's call Phil and see what he says. <laughs> Pretty good. What are you saying? I can't fucking find that guy. Jesus no, Christ. I mean, uh, unbelievable, you, you, Todd. You just you just asked you just asked Steve for advice. You know, <laughs> the, 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 the proper way to do that, Rob. You want to know the proper way to do that? Is you're supposed to ask the question and say, "I'm asking for a friend." I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, that guy I know. I know a guy. I'll ask that guy. I know a um, guy that has has a problem. I want to circle back to the offensive numbers real quick and ask Steve if he's done any differently, um, done anything differently this year while the offense has been down in the season. Have you been adjusting any specific way or just chugging along as usual? Pretty much chugging along. Um, I did look at uh, whether I should change the SGP factors. Like, is a home run worth more this year than it was last year? And you know, what kind of ERA do you need to to contribute in that category and stuff? Um, but I only did that maybe like two or three weeks ago. And at that point, offense was already increasing. And I only looked at the two most recent weeks. Like it, it kind of ignored April. And it was basically the same um, as the SGP factors coming into the year. Like it was close enough that it wasn't worth bothering. So I think, I don't know, it seems like we're kind of where we expected to be. It's just a, a month or six week kind of aberration to start. But, you know, it could change dramatically again because that just seems like how things go now. Um, yeah. What about you guys? Have you made adjustments to strategy or evaluation? I haven't. Or I haven't. I, I, anything I can't like legitly calculate an adjustment for, I, I just <laughs> play the same way, you know? Uh, but I think, you know, what you, what you said would probably be an approach that I would try at least to just see if the, if the SGP factors changed at all, um, you know, with the environment, but, um, I've just been trying to play as I normally play, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I just re- regret the fact that I was heavier on steals in the draft uh, mm. because because now there's not as many home runs as I thought there was going to be out in uh, free agent land. Um, but uh, I don't think there's much you can do now, except I am looking for guys that can hit homers. That's kind of why I added Sawinski and ho- hopefully a couple other guys. Me too. I'm so low on homers across the board. Yeah. Even in draft champions, I, I don't know. Uh, that's something when we'll talk later about looking back at, at, at last year's teams or how you drafted. Uh, that's 
something I'm going to have to keep an eye on because I did, uh, I don't know. I'm doing good in batting average and and somewhat in speed, but really, really yeah. low in power. So should have just drafted more big meat Pete. That would have solved it all, you know, for sure. <laughs> yeah, homers um, are actually my worst category, hitting category anyway, uh, also across all my teams. So yeah, yeah, I'm not worried too much about it at this point, you know, partly because most of those are DCs. There's not all that much I can do about it. Right. But also it's like I – I still expect to out volume most of the opponents and hopefully, you know, even if my hitters end up being less powerful on a per plate appearance basis or catch up um, just through volume, hopefully. That's some, uh, that's an intimidating line. I still expect <laughs> to out volume. Wow. That's uh that's, that's, that's dynamite right there. That's going to be uh that's going to be a t-shirt one day. Uh, yeah, I almost put, I just realized where I'm going to brag now. Um, I almost put off like a, I don't know, a, a double championship that even Phil would be envious of. I had the most at-bats in the main event last year, and I didn't realize until this week um, that I was second in DCs. Uh, in wow. Nice, yeah. nice. So, Damn, that's, that's, that's pretty insane. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Almost had the one in the one. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. I'm kind of feeling if you did 12s too, you you would do the same exact thing for sure. Um do you play 12? So, I haven't for a few years. Um, yeah. But maybe next year. Just prefer the 15 game? Uh, yeah, I think I prefer the game and prefer to not have to change kind of orientations. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like it switched. I can't, like it was hard yeah. doing fab for 15s and then switching to 12s and trying to get a sense of who's a drop and who's sure, worth having. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's my biggest thing, man. It's just cutting baits. Sometimes, you know, I'm like, no way I'm dropping this guy, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I just, and then I just hold guys uh, on the bench and, you know, stream off my bench, maybe then on some teams where I've had a st- and I'm streaming off the wire, but offense on another team. And it's just different. It's just, I, I, I like too many players, I think. And it, it kind of hurts me sometimes in 12 where I don't want to get rid of them, but uh, I got to get more of a, uh, uh, just turn attitude in that, you know. Yeah. Um, what are you gonna do? Um, especially, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some players. Let's talk about the most added guy in Fab this week, sure. Gabriel Moreno on the on the uh, Toronto Blue Jays catcher. Forty six leagues high is one thirty nine. Um, right, and he was he was owned already in the forty seventh, so that right. was basically everybody. Uh, so yeah, he's, uh, he was a big ad. I mean, I'm a little worried. I could be, you could laugh at me next week, guys, but you know, these catchers come up and they, they have a lot to do besides just uh, learn how to hit major league pitching. And so I think he's talented, but I'm not sure, uh, the first month at least is going to be really good. But then again, the landscape of catching is pretty weak in general. So he doesn't have to hit you know, 280 to be valuable. Yeah, did you have any bids on him? I I did, yes, but it was sort of down the waterfall and I didn't get him. Was it down in the catcher waterfall? Like, was he a yeah. part of, yeah, yeah, it was just a catcher yeah. ad. Okay. Yeah. Steve, any Moreno this week? I didn't get him. He was at the top of my list, but I didn't go, didn't go, you know, hard enough for him. Yeah. Um, and it's tough to say, I, I didn't look into it in, a whole lot of depth, but it's also, it seems like 
if Jensen's back in a month, things are going to get a little crowded, you know? So if he does have those initial struggles like Todd was talking about, then um, how much playing time is he going to get? Cause Kirk's not going anywhere. Um, and I, I assume they wanted a DH most of the time, but catch some right, of the time. Right. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I didn't really like read up the beat reporters on long-term playing time outlook or anything, but it seems like it could get a little, a little crowded. Yeah. I was yeah. surprised the, uh, the Jays never, uh, traded a catcher i mean they were talking about not they but uh, but people were talking about that early even before the season started that they could get a lot of value for trading one of the three guys well they did trade a catcher they did trade one <laughs> and they got another they one back. For a catcher. <laughs> <laughs> okay and you're then, right and then he was also one of the most heavy added guys catcher early in the year so it's it's so wild if uh you know, I wonder, like, um, that would be funny if uh, if if you just have like four guys on the Blue Jays um, who were catchers on the Blue Jays at some point in the year, um, be like in the top 20 overall, top 15 in, in a return catcher value. That's uh, funny, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it could get crowded. Also, he might even force his way, you know, into the team, into into them playing him. So it could go either way. I mean, he didn't show any power in AAA this year, but definitely capable of some with, you know, a really good bat-the-ball skill. So um, I guess, uh, you know, if they see he brings anything to the team, he could stick around. But uh, yeah, definitely um, it was a hard week for uh, – I see another Danny Jansen injury. Um, Steve, did you hold on to Jansen in any league that you had him? No, I cut him. Um, and I may regret that eventually, but I didn't have the roster room to yeah. carry three catchers right now. Too many other injuries. I, I did know. the same, but but it was uh, I had him in 12s and not 15, so maybe it was easier for me. Yeah, I held him the first time around and uh, have him on an online auction that I'm fourth overall right now, and I just really didn't. I wanted to, you know, really make a push to, uh, you know, fully pull on the throttle and and make sure I'm staying in that range or doing the best I can to stay in that range. And I just couldn't do it. But it's sad. It was sad. It was like, you know, when I go to the Fab results and I see him highlighted on my drops, and I said the same thing, man. I hope I'm not gonna regret this. Just a bad. Uh, I was so big, you know, very high on Danny Jansen this year, and uh, uh what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. Second, yes, yeah. How about the second Jake guy? Berger, Jake Berger, Jake uh, Berger for the White Sox, third baseman. He was hitting well. He got hit on the hand. I don't know how he. I didn't see a recent update, but hopefully he's okay. But he um, he was hitting well, and he was picked up in 45 leagues. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, he, he should get playing time. I, I think regular playing time, if he's healthy, um, did you, and he provides power, which is one of the things I was trying to look for. Did you guys pick him up anywhere? Me, I maybe should have, I did see just before we started recording that he's out until at least Friday, they said, okay. give, mm. him, give him two days. And I think they have a day off on Thursday. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've got Mankata on a main, and I was willing to drop him for Burger, but I didn't didn't bid enough. Uh-huh. And it, on if you're right about the playing time, like even by the projections, Burger is more valuable on a per plate appearance basis already in the projections. So, right. Um, so he could end up being that could be a miss on my part. Um, but he looks he looks legit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. When you add in, the, you know, that he was the number 11th pick, you know, he just had those devastating Achilles injuries. And I think he's, you know, he's really starting to get to the point where he's got, um, let's see, finally got about 500 plate appearances back from, you know, two devastating injuries. So I think he's finding a groove. I think he's starting to show maybe why he was drafted that high. And uh, I mean, I, I I didn't bid enough. I I I, I don't know. I, him and Dahlbeck were were kind of guys that I could have definitely needed, and uh, I just found myself getting um, outbid, or you know, mm-hmm. probably being mm-hmm. a little cheap for. And it's probably uh, I think I'm gonna grab this more than dropping Danny Jansen. Maybe not going a little heavier for I mean, the, he's, kind of, he's kind of power bats. Playing time could be an issue there too. Like I mean, his defense is terrible at least. In terms of making like big errors, I'm not sure. Like on a maybe by the stats that the White Sox look at, he's he's okay, but he's made some like errors that cost multiple runs, um, and he mm-hmm. just looks like a butcher. So when Eloy's back, I mean, do they play Berger in the field full time? Like I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah that's he, right. Because he, yeah, yeah, he needs to be a partial DH at least. Yeah, yeah I saw someone suggest on Twitter <clears throat> that um, the DH. Burger from Ankata and just let the pitchers hit at this point. Um, oh. To keep my club in there. Uh, oh, okay, man. that's fine. That's, that's fun, yeah, man. yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty low blow. But uh, that's rough. That's rough. Crazy. Um, Josh Harrison hasn't played in four days. What's going on, man? He's just uh, what a yeah, dud he's, he's been. Yeah, he did not help. I drafted him in a couple leagues. Um, Anyway, the third guy was Jason Adam, who's gotten some recent saves for Tampa. He, I think, is still in the committee. I did pick him up one time uh, just because I was trying to get somebody that could provide saves. But um, I'm not convinced he has the lion's share of the save market. They have Poche and they have other guys that Thompson and a couple other guys they've used. So. Um, I think it's still tough to predict, but he did get a couple of the recent ones. So he definitely was picked up widely this past week. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is a, we do the same thing every week. You know, Pache was picked up in 13 leagues. He was already rostered on a lot of teams um, prior to that. And, you know, now you just add Adams to that, you know, long list of guys that could, you know, um, throw out there. Um, see a couple of Matt Whistlers out there. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, um, yeah, and 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 then you have uh, like Brooks Whaley who who will slip in there for you know for some for some opportunities. Uh, just a lot of guys, you know. If you if you look at the leverage index on Fangraphs in the last two weeks, they have um, eight guys over uh, a leverage index of one, um, and that's pretty impressive. They're just they have so many arms to roll out there and this is just uh i like adams i like his skills you know pretty you know they're pretty decent um not as big uh strikeout um stuff as the rest of the guys in the pen only 12 and a half percent in the last two weeks compared to you know the 37 from rayleigh and the 43 from jalen beaks i think beaks is a guy who i really think is one of those sneaky kind of guys that uh, maybe if you're struggling with finding some starting pitching, you know, that yeah, yeah. you could throw him in there. He's, you know, getting 
tons of Ks in, in, in a small amount of innings with pretty immaculate ratios. And I think he's got the best stuff in the pen. But um, I think they're protecting him, too, from coming back from injury so soon. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I think we could pivot right into talking about the Mariners as well, you know, as a whole. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> Diego Castillo is uh, also a popular pickup this week. Um, picked up in 32 leagues uh, for as high as 121. Median winning bid of 43 and a half. Um, even the runner-up bids were, were uh, median of 24. So he was popular. Very competitive bids. But um, is this the same kind of traps, guys, like that we see with Tampa Bay? Yeah, I don't I don't see any evidence that Seattle wants to just pick one guy. I mean, if you're talking about just I want just a share of the closer market, I think that he probably could provide. But, you know, I just I feel like Seattle Scott survey, uh, you know, he he likes to mix it up. And I just you could see Castillo in the sixth inning, you know, in the next game. That's that's my personal feeling. Right. I, think that's right. I, I don't, my sense is that they don't spread it around quite as much as Tampa Bay. Right. Know? So like, I'd be comfortable, like if I was bidding on Castillo, I'd try to expect like 30 to 50% of his saves. You know, I think uh-huh. he could end up, I think he could end up getting more than half of, of those that are left. Sure. Um, not sure. a whole lot more than half, but I wouldn't pay for as if you're getting like a full-time closer, of course. Right. Right. Yeah. Did you, right. um, did you have any bids in this week, Steve? I think I, I think I got um, an online auction. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I got him in online. One of those teams is like, yeah, yeah, I did. You know, like I spend like four hours on each of my main event fabs, and then I do like four minutes on these others. And I forget <laughs> forget how they turn out, but yeah, I did get them in one of those. Got them. Okay, yeah. okay. Do you find yeah, a big a big bidding difference in in the in those two fifteen team leagues? I don't. Honestly, I don't pay enough attention. Um, yeah, to, yeah. To even yeah. say, I no, mean, no, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think it's a little bit more like a twelve, right? Where it's a little all over the place. I think people are just kind of putting numbers in without a whole lot of thought. Um, at that lower price point just makes sense because I mean, honestly, I do the same thing. Um, so. Yeah, like I, I was looking at my pickups in the um, in my auction league, and let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Um, I have 20, I've won 24 bids and only six of them have had backup bids. I'm like, okay, uh, I don't know what's <laughs> going on here, but like a lot of them too, are just like 17 to nothing, you know, 22 to nothing. And I'm like, I'm totally missing the ball on here. Like, um, Morel, um, you know, and I think I got him like a week late, um, but he was like, 33 without a backup bid. And I was like, is this a 15 team league or 12 team <laughs> league? You know, because uh, that's what yeah. happened, you know, because that's what happened in the online with a guy like Morel. You know, if if, uh, if teams are streaming batters, they're, you know, they're not spending 33 bucks on him, but in a 12 team. But I was just surprised. And, and on some of the players, uh, I had my first like closest competitive bid was uh, this week. I scooped up O'Neill Cruz. Um, let see how that works out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um I kind of agree with Steve though with the Mariners. I think that you'll get a little more um a, a consistent thing with them versus the Rays. And I think Castillo 
Yeah, I think I think fifty percent of the saves is is definitely attainable. Um, we'll just have to see what happens when Giles comes back because um, if Castillo takes over the role like Steckenrider kind of took over at the end of last year, he could definitely get more than his share yeah. of. Uh, and plus, he's been well, lights out, you know. Yeah, or if Seawald starts pitching better again, he was sort of in a rough spot. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do if he straightens out. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. There's, oh, I skipped the guy. Christian Bethencourt scooped oh, up. Right. His, yeah. 36 leagues for as high as 111. Um, catcher turning on some some speed, some hard hit balls. Uh, catcher eligible, first base eligible. Um, I think there was a lot of catchers that went down this week. So there was some a lot of catcher right. interest. Um, you guys have any interest in Bethencourt or did you scoop him up at all? I have him in one league that I picked up a few weeks ago, but I didn't get him after recently. Yeah, he was second on my list, but I also didn't get him um, for my Jansen drop. So, Looks who good. did you end up getting? Um, Carson Kelly. No, oh, the old <laughs> Kelly pickup. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty far down the list. Um, but you were right that the bids I think were on the catchers were healthier than I was anticipating because there were so many. Right. Team, teams looking for him this week. Yeah, we threw that out in the chat this week, and I was like, "God damn it!" It's always on the, you know, it's always when your catcher gets hurt that a whole bunch of other uh, catcher interest pops out there for sure. Right, um, right, right. So, yes. was what what was your bids on on Moreno and Bethencourt? Like uh, 15, 20 buck type of bids, or mine was twenty on Moreno. Uh, 10 on Bethancourt. So, no, nothing too aggressive. Probably should have gone a little bit more. To be, it would have been nice to have that spot filled for, you know, a month or two rather than kind of cycling through, which is, I expect, uh, what I'll end up doing when I have Carson Kelly. I don't really expect great things um, <laughs> from him at this point. But he, yeah. He's been good in the past. He just was horrendous early this season. But I think he he – has been able to hit, you know, in previous years. Yeah, I just brought him up. Can you can you guess his slugging percentage? Oh, now this year yeah, is uh -huh. terrible. It's got to be terrible. It's at 200. 125. Oh, wow. Through 64 at-bats. So. Wow. So he's, he's got room for improvement. Yeah, but Jeez. this week, this week it's, well, it's actually about the same as how <laughs> 167 so far. Well, that's, that's, that's up. That's up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then uh, Mitch Keller is interesting. He, he, uh, you know, has looked good lately. And this is, uh, I sort of have a blind spot that maybe you guys don't have, but when a guy is like repeatedly not succeeded, um, especially a pitcher, I have trouble you know, going after him, even when they, he has strings, a few good outings together. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's a blind spot of mine, but he looks much better now that I uh, looked at him again. I think he's got potential. Certainly he can throw hard. Um, I'm just, uh, I just never didn't get him. I really wasn't in on him, but did you guys get him uh, in, in your leagues? No, I no. thought it was interesting. Um, but again, I'm just cheap. So I didn't bid enough and I'm having trouble like, gauging. I know how you guys talk about every week, how the bids are going to have to start coming down. 
and it just happened hasn't <laughs> happened as, as quickly as I need it to. Um, but that just means eventually, you know, it'll come down further. So yeah, I was out there on him. He's kind of interesting, you know, as a fly. Yeah. I thought yeah. like he and he and Stripling were the only pitchers available this week that I thought like you could see a path to them actually sticking on your rosters right, um, right. for a while. So we'll see how it develops with Keller. Yeah, I know he yeah. now he's you know kind of thrown the four seam less, getting the sinker involved, which has kept his home runs, you know, at bay, which I think was a big problem for him, you know, averaging such a high home run or nine. But I mean, he, yesterday he threw the sinker thirty percent of the time. We know the job of the sinker is not really to get swinging strikes, but he got no whiffs on fifteen swings. Only four called strikes, too, on 29 pitches. So 14% CSW on the sinker. Um, eh, doesn't, I don't know. <clears throat> One mile an hour down on the sinker, mile and a half down on the, on the four-seamer that he threw um, 26% of the time. Um, a mile and a half down the curveball, mile and a half down the slider. So something, uh, I don't know. It, maybe he's hurt or maybe he's trying to throw less harder. But what happened with the slider was... Uh, normally it's been pretty dynamite all pretty, pretty, uh, much all year, like in the whiff department at least. And so by throwing it that much slower, he, the, the vertical break on it dropped three inches yesterday and also in, improved more left to right. So if you just, I looked at the heat map of where his slider is like normally nailing it in that bottom right quadrant, he was totally out of the zone. So he didn't get any whiffs on it after averaging uh, about 25% on the year. Five swings, no whiffs. So I don't know. I don't know which, you know, I don't think this new version of him is going to be good either. I'd rather him just throw gas and try to strike back out <laughs> and give up homers because this is not going to work, you know, unless he's hurt. I don't know why a mile and a half across each pitch. Yes, yeah. That's so. interesting. Interesting. Let's see what happens well, in his next thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my um, breakdown of Mitch Keller, but I, I I've been paying attention, paying so much attention to him that I, you know, that after the start, I kind of just, just like, whoa, where, where is all this coming from, you know? And uh, try to do my best to, uh, you know, see what's going on. Right, all right. So I can read these last four guys off, and then you guys can comment on uh, any or all of them. Um, we have Matt Strom, uh, who. I guess is a candidate in Boston, but he's the lefty and maybe Tanner Houck has the inside track. I don't know about that for sure. Then we have Cal Raleigh, who's the catcher that I actually did get further down the waterfall list. Uh, seems to be hitting better than he had before. And certainly uh, he only has to beat out Tom Murphy, who I don't think is the greatest catcher ever. And then um, Anthony Disclafani, who is coming back from injury. And Didi Grigori is also coming back from injury for the Phillies. So any any comments on those four guys from either of you? Good, Steve. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> they're, they're all pretty, pretty bland. I, I don't think yeah. so. Um, I like Strom. I, I, I don't know. I don't yeah, what do you guys think? What do you think of the, the Boston? Job. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, Steve. What and, do you think of the Boston, Boston yeah. pen? Arm barn. Yeah, <laughs> right. It seems like they're moving to Hulk, right? But just not going to push him. So someone will get some of those those ancillary saves. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, you can't say ancillary without <laughs> Greg Jewett getting it, paid. Yeah, that's yeah. All. I'll send the I'll send the royalty <laughs> um, right. through the Patreon. But um, 
Like, <laughs> rock, like I like Strom, but his skills aren't nearly as good as like Adam or Castillo or something like that. So I don't know if the yeah. bids were, were comparable. I'm just looking at the highest, you know, I don't have the media in front of me, but I wasn't really interested. Yeah. I yeah, wasn't, he, was, uh, yeah. he was picked up 31 times. I mean, a lot of them were cheaper, but still uh, people are willing to try anything to get some saves, I guess. Um, right. I mean, you know, I think because he had maybe the, the early save, when it went to Hal, and he had the one in between. Um, right, I think like, right. I think, like Steve said, if if maybe he's the guy that they that that they throw in when Hal is avail- unavailable on back to backs. Um, do you guys think Chris Sale will get brought back as a reliever at all, or you think he's he's starter? I mean, a, a lot of people mention that as a, what they should have done last year, and he went straight back to starting. I think it's a great idea in general, but I I don't think he's for it. <laughs> I think he's going to be back. I think they're going to bring him back earlier, so he's just going to be effectively a reliever. But I think he's going to pitch two or three innings in the middle of games, not one inning in the ninth. Interesting. That makes sense, that makes sense too. Um, I get it. Um, I guess one guy I was uh, uh, interested in, didn't get him though, was uh, Anthony Desclafani. Um, had a rehab um, start was pretty well. Um, and, you know, I think I heard him briefly mentioned earlier in the week and then again in our chat, Steve. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, the disco, um, the disco man. I mean, he wasn't pitching great before he left, but, uh, you know, definitely good, good guy to possibly get lent out of and uh, um, on a good team. I don't know. But uh, I had like a 11 buck bid on him, got up bid. Yeah, I mean, just a nice kind of pitcher to have on your bench and stream from there. Like, the kind of pitcher's going to come in handy. Maybe I, I'll have to look and see if he was available. Maybe I should have bid for him, like for Ober. I think I prefer Ober, but, you know, with this with Disco, you know, being closer to, to active, I probably took that for you. So, yeah, I mean, it made sense just as like a depth piece, just not super exciting. Right, right. right. Um, another popular pickup this week um, that caught my attention was uh, Edward Oliveira's on the um, Kansas City Royals, um, picked up by uh, the likes of, you know, Phil, um, Japinka, and uh, Jung. So very popular among some pretty good players. Um, and overall, I think I've, I've, I've heard and, and read a lot of people say that um, it, you know, um, they don't know what they see, quote unquote, in the pickup, um, but, I think a lot of people forget that he was leading off and playing consistently before he got hurt. And, um, yeah, yeah. and, you know, that still something that can happen, you know, um, if they want to go back to that route, but, uh, you know, it was only four straight leadoff games, but, you know, he went from playing a game to sitting a game to sitting two games at batting eighth and ninth. He sat and then he let off four straight games. Is that too much to, kind of go off of um i don't know you know it it's but these are the things that can really kind of flip a season around you know uh, if, if, if that's something they were serious about but that's also when whit merrifield was struggling too really bad so that's right. kind of something that i thought of as well you know now that he's back at the top of the lineup hitting better you know i don't know if that's just a project that they dismiss um i like him a lot better at leadoff than i do 
you know, anywhere else in the lineup, but sure. does have some tantalizing, you know, speed power, you know, combination almost at the likes of like Manny Margot, you know, type of power speed. So could be, could be a good play if it plays off. Um, I don't know. What about Alex Kurlov? Um, I still can't get past the hand issues. I know he's smoking yeah. the ball, but to me, he's, and, and it's such a crowded team, uh, a crowded team that's, you know, hitting very well all across the board. So um, I don't know. Did, was Kurlov available in any of you guys' leagues? And did you um, make a play for him? He was kind of well down the list for me. I've just, I'm just not sure what the twins are really doing. Um, so I, I feel like they have extra guys and I'm not sure how they're going to play it out. So no, I wasn't, I wasn't in it heavily on him, even though he's doing well in the minors. Yeah. I had some bids um, kind of the same midway down my list or so, um, but I don't think I actually got him anywhere. Quite. Yeah. Let's see what happens with that. Uh, I don't know. That's teams. And I, I'm still, I'm still not bought on yet. Like what they really want to do. I feel, I feel terrible for Royce Lewis. Forget uh, that, that's yeah. just a terrible, terrible injury that, oh man. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bad for the kid, but. um. So uh, let me go to the wow bit of the week, Rob. So yeah. Wow um, it up. St- Steven Strasburg, 227. Might've looked better a few days ago than it does now. Um, he has a, he had a two step, planned even though he was rocky last week and uh just and who knows what the story is now I'm, I, I think he might be out for a while so he might be a drop in most leagues um even even for the guys that picked him up at heavy prices yeah that's 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 some big bucks big bucks for for Strasburg I think if he's healthy and up to his best potential this year it could be something that worked out for you, right. but that's just uh, very risky considering. So he's a, it's a stress reaction of the ribs. It doesn't sound good, but that's yeah, the, that. the diagnosis they gave today. Wow. I don't know why, why. Why would Washington push him to get back really fast? I just think he's going to be out for a while. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Probably, probably going to sit for a good amount of time going forward. Yeah. I, I would think so. Um yeah. Um, what about right. what's your what was uh was that your biggest wow big of the week? Um, in terms of wow, I can't believe that guy went for that much. Or was there another player that kind of um I mean I had tons of interest in Jake Jake McGee this week. Um I got him in both leagues for seven bucks a piece and but he went for as high as one thirty one in a league. I guess that's uh-huh. the one that kind of uh that kind of caught my eye is like wow, like yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. I mean, he wasn't pitching that well before, and Duval hasn't looked that bad. So yeah. I don't, I don't know why he's going to all suddenly get saves. Yeah, I think they've, 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 they've kind of used Duval more in a high leverage role in the last couple of weeks than he was being used in the year. So, and McGee did um, hit some new velo high, and I don't know, just pitching mm-hmm. a lot better off in. Uh, since he came off okay. the IL. So, okay. yeah, yeah, just gave it a little spec. I mean, Duvall, uh, you know, like I said, they've been using him. His usage has changed a little bit. So, um, right. Right. who knows? Just catch a catch a little lightning in the bottle. Um, but, uh, all right, what do we got next? 
So the Century Club was just a list of guys that went for 100 plus. Mm. And in addition to Strasburg, we had a 163 bid on Bar Scott Barlow, Taiwan Walker, uh, Tanner Scott and Sir Anthony Dominguez all went for over 150. And then in the one low 100s were Marino, Gabriel Marino, Austin Meadows, who's kind of shown nothing, uh, your boy McGee, Hunter Green, why Hunter Green was dropped, I don't know, but he was available in one league. Uh, Sean Murphy, Diego Castillo, who we discussed. Brady Singer was available in one league, went for 112. Then we had Berger, Bethancourt, and Adam, who we sort of went through. So I don't know if any of those uh, sort of is interesting to you guys uh, that, that you didn't expect. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know who dropped Hunter Green, um, but... He's, I mean, he's been really good. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. I would drop them in in that in that online auction I was telling you about. Um, that's a that's a fifteen teamer, and uh, that was that was one of my probably best pickups of the year. Um, uh, I think I, I I scooped them up that week for forty seven bucks. That was on May fifteenth, so that was like kind of after a couple of his worst starts. Um. Funny thing is I dropped Strasburg because I picked Strasburg up the week before for a buck and I was going to stash him. But then I saw Hunter Green available and uh, pivoted to that. But uh, yeah, I'm very surprised that he was even available. Yeah, really. Um, you don't have any Hunter Green, do you, Steve? Or uh, Steve's got some interesting numbers on um, on Hunter Green. Yeah, I ran some, some numbers on like I don't know, skills that project strikeouts. And he was like definitely popped at the top of the list, not like the very top, you know, maybe top right. 10 or so. Like a bunch, you know, the, the, the kind of thing you like to see where it's, you know, Cole and Burns and, wow. and things like that. And then, you know, Hunter Green in the middle there. So um, definitely been been doing well lately. Yep. 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 So sure. it, uh, I, I reviewed the uh, main event Fab remaining, and the average team in the main event has 394. And uh, you can see that the bids are dropping in terms of um, overall dollars. That's $42 was spent per team um, for about the same amount of bids as last week when it was 46 and the previous week, 51. So it is dropping uh, the average dollar amount. Um, it's crazy and, how it was uh, the same exact total number. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, it, that's just so random to me that it was exactly 1,573 in back-to-back -back weeks. That's so But, but crazy. Look, look at the uh, week 7 through 11. They're not that dissimilar. It's like right around 1,500, 1,600 each week um, of winning bids. So it's kind of crazy. And even last year, when I was keeping track, Rob, of the uh, amounts of, for each owner – uh, that, that how much to say one per week in terms of bids it was about 1.8 1.9 and stayed stable all year last year and all year this year the average main event team wins a little less than two bids per week per team per team so um and that's the average and you know that's about what you can count on getting some weeks you get more but so, some weeks you get one or zero right i would love to so, see like numbers from like stripped out from like the bottom you know like inactive teams you know well wonder, yeah yeah i wonder how much that goes i wonder how you know how much higher that goes 
Zach, well, Zach probably is tracking that, but yeah, know. he is. He's probably, but, <laughs> but uh, I remember we did figure out, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but how much, how many dollars were left on the table that were never spent last year? Yes. Um, yes. It, it was, it was not an insignificant amount. What was it? It was about the equivalent of 50 or $70 per team in the main event, something like that. I, I forget. That. I, yeah, I really do. I remember when we talked about it, but it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, I know. Several um, moons ago. Several moons, but it was a good conversation we had. What do you guys have left in Fab? <laughs> I got I got six forty eight in one league and seven hundred in another league. You're way ahead of me. I thought I, I was cheap. Cheap. No. No. I got uh, I got five thirty two in one, but that's actually the most in that league. That's been a pretty oh. impressive league. And wow. then. Uh, 611 in the other that's good that's good um, i have i have one team uh, it's weird the best team that, that i have i guess that makes some sense has 596 and the two teams that are struggling more i have 387 and then the 198 where the team's really struggling so yeah. so yeah you would think that you would be uh keeping your resources more and the team struggling because you, you don't you know you need more ads but it's not the way it generally goes um, anyway right. um right. so then uh let's see dropping down the coliseum you know i had more trouble this week with the coliseum you guys maybe can weigh in on what you think but uh i scored nolan gorman as a win even though i wasn't bowled over by what he had done he's got a 226 average three homers uh, he's still striking out, but he's hitting in a great spot in the lineup. And he seems to be driving in runs and scoring. And I think he might just stick there and sort of uh, improve over the course of the rest of the season. So I gave him a win. Uh, I could see people disagreeing with that, but I think he's been pretty good in a an ad that people are happy about so far. I think I think in terms of you know three homers that might you know that's that's probably pretty solid, but um, he's not playing versus lefties, which is huge. Yeah, and and if you get a stretch where um, you know you're you're facing uh, the the Brewers have some lefties, right? Uh, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of lefties in the division. Am I just overthinking that off the top of my head? I feel like there's a lot of lefties in the center. I don't know. I don't know about that. But Steve, did you add Gorman anywhere? He was. No, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't close on him. Um, I'm sure I tend not to go really big like that. But I'm curious, Rob. I think you, you regretted not getting him at first, right, Rob? How do you feel? Oh, yeah. Now? Yeah. Right. Didn't, didn't you have a big Gorman regrets? Yeah. How do you feel now? I, I feel I feel good now because of the playing time. <laughs> I I, I, I kind of realized that he's not going to get a chance to play in versus lefties, and I think that's going to severely, um, you know, put a cap on his uh, overall production. Um, I was just I guess because like I said, I was just so tired of losing out on on like good young power, and I needed power. So every time it was available and they started off really hot, it's just that instant feel of like man, like I have to get the next one. I will get. 
the the next one though. If I yeah, I will. I will. No matter no matter who it is, no matter who. Oh, it is. Oh, I, I think I know who it is. Oh, it's a special someone out there, and I'll get him. But um, <laughs> but yeah, that's okay. a good question, Steve. Thanks for um really you know um putting it into perspective for me because I do forget sometimes how I felt on 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 certain players so that's why i have my friends there to uh remind me like every now and then hey uh you didn't you felt really bad about this and now you kind of feel better it's such a long season i've already gone through a a bunch of those you know like like wanting a player then regretting not getting them then feeling good that i didn't get them and now i'm regretting it again like does as the cycles go through but uh yeah yeah. it's, it's tough um so what do you guys think of this next one johnny cueto um he was a tough one for me he's he's got a 532 era 131 whip he doesn't have any wins and the weird thing is his good start best starts came against the blue jays and dodgers when i think managers might have benched him um maybe not though um he seems to be sort of mediocre but there's not many arms on the waiver wire as we've discussed so i kind of ended up in the middle on him he's got a decent k to bb ratio um i don't know he must have he he must have won you in the league in the past to get a push i mean come on 532 era 131 whip what is i think you you know you've mentioned what we need to get era and whip wise right now the 80th right is 3.33 era and 1.143 whip so right right. no wins yeah and like you said i Guy probably didn't start him that game. So, yeah, complete dud to me. Okay. Steve, you agree with that? Yeah, I'd, I'd give him the, the thumbs down. All right. I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> Steve, Steve, if a, if a pitcher gave you that in the last three weeks, uh, what would you do? <laughs> Drop him. Drop him quick. Yeah, yeah, probably. All right. All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the next one was, was a little easier. Tucker Davidson didn't work. Sent down. Uh, 704 ERA. Okay, not much needs to be said. Freeland is a little more interesting because he was largely added for this upcoming two, road two starts week at Pittsburgh at Washington. And then that was, again, where he didn't really do that well. No wins, 8K, six walks. And then he had two more encouraging starts after that, but one of those was at Coors and, and uh, people, again, might have benched him. So I try not to get into that too much, but his numbers overall are, all right. So he's better than Cueto. <laughs> so and he does have a win. He does have a win. So I gave him a push uh, again. It might be generous, but I guess I'm being uh, sort of steered a little bit by the fact that there just isn't that much pitching in a 15 team league to go out there and just pick up. Right. So uh, if, if we say, well, you need a 3.3 ERA, on your pickups, you're never going to give anybody a thumbs up. Um, so right, I don't know. So uh, the, the record this year is still pretty good. Uh, 11 thumbs up over the 11 periods. So that's much better than last year it was 20, uh, 24% last year, 34% this year. So I still think we're doing a little better as a group. Um, I, I don't know if it'll keep up or not. Um, so that was, and then I just wanted to mention a few single team drops. These are mm-hmm. drops by one, one main event owner uh, this past week. Singer, again, was dropped. Hassan Kim, Jesus Aguiar, Jesse Winker, again, hit the waiver wire. 
Garrett Whitlock, I know he's hurt, but, you know, uh, that might be a roster squeeze situation. And Di Sclafani, who's coming back, was also dropped this week. So kind of interesting that those were some of the players dropped. Yeah. Um, I saw Pilkington dropped across pretty much 26 leagues. Yeah. I, did anyone catch um, Ryan Roof drinking the pilk? I did, yeah. yeah. He's a champ. I mean, that's that was <laughs> that was it. And and it's so funny because I mean, just the thought of him saying I was like a root beer float, it, it made so much sense when he said it. And then he seemed to confirm that that's what it tasted like. Uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, I kind of thought the ratio of milk to Pepsi was a little off. Like I was like, oh, yeah. he's using too much milk. But uh, it, uh, it, it he seemed to have liked it. I mean. It's just wow, what a what a what a heavy drink like dairy and carbonation. That's <laughs> something I'm not, not something I'm looking to add to my diet. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. Um, I saw three Matt Carpenter drops. I mean, this guy's on fire. How the hell did you drop Matt yeah. Carpenter? Um, but um, yeah, so Walker Bueller only um dropped in 25 leagues. Um, so some guys are gonna hold on to him, I guess, as long as they can. Um, in case he comes right. back and is able right. to give them uh, something. Um, and there was one other guy kind of caught me as surprised as, uh, hmm, I'll find him. I had him somewhere. Um, but I did have, I have a treat for, for Steve for um, on every episode um, we talk about some of the biggest bids from last year at this time of the year, right? So, right. Um, so, I'll let you guys have a quick guess on who was the number one added guy last year um, in terms of the amount of leagues and the price. Um, it was only a max of 146, and he actually went in 43 leagues last year, which I think was every single league. Um, he is a left-handed pitcher on the Giants. Not Wood. Nope. Sammy Long. Oh, Sammy. Oh, Sammy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but you know who number two is? I'll give uh, you one. I'll, I'll give you one hint. He was briefly mentioned on the pod very, very early on this pod when we were talking about Ozzy Alves, Steve. Wait. Can't be Christian Arroyo. Christian Arroyo was the number two picked up player last year at this wow. the same stage in the main event for 20 le- 28 leagues. Um cheap bid across the board, as high as 37, but um yeah, scooped up in uh, a bunch of uh leagues last year. And I checked to see too if you um picked him up, but I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't see it in there, but I, I saw some uh, Jeff Erickson. I saw uh, Doug Gruber. Um, so cool. Was, uh, yeah, Christian Arroyo <laughs> make, making his way back. But um, Daniel Vogelbach was third. Kobe Allard, fourth. Luis Arias, fifth. Eric Fetty, Jake Fraley, Vladimir Gutierrez, and Nick Gordon rounded out the uh, the top ten. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, yeah. So like to uh bring you guys back and um you know give you a little uh dive into who was last year but um yeah so um what do you got left uh todd the standings the so the standings uh the only things left i can mention the top top players to top of the list 
Bob Katsarumpas is uh, the number one this past week. Mark Bendar drops from first to second. Scott Genstad remains in third. Ned Donahue is really killing it this year. He's uh, he's fourth and he's winning three leagues. Um, wow. Then the, the team of, of Nud, Robert, right? Yeah, Puddle of Nud. Robert Mershak and Ian Kahn uh, together uh, are fifth overall. Uh, that's quite a good pairing. Um, Doug Gruber is what he's sixth and 14th. He's had two teams consistently in the top 20 offseason. Matty Modica up Matty at Mo. seventh overall. He's a, he's, a, he's a tough player. He's, he's very good. And then Tyler Young uh, is at an eighth. Uh, he's he's outstanding in his own right. He's every year he's up there. Rob Silver moving up. He's been moving up for the last four, three or four weeks. He's now ninth overall. I think he's only got two main event teams or something. Um, and uh, then I don't know if I want to mention anyone else except Richard Briskin. I want to mention him because he he told me I didn't mention him last week. So I yeah, who he, he, he was not happy. I mean, he, he's not happy with me. Uh, which a lot of people are not happy with me, but, but anyway, he, uh, he's 13th. He's lucky 13th this week. Let me say that so Rich doesn't get mad. Um, and I don't know anybody else you want to mention. Robert Kremitola, 18th. Chris Fessler, 19th. Those guys are really good. Um, yep. Katsurumpas so, is, is, is also first in the, in the Diamond Challenge that the NFPC uh, does. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. He's in my league. That's, uh, I'm in that league. Yeah. I'm always... Uh, I'm always in those leagues where you got to uh, you got to uh, do something to slow him down. Oh, uh, it's gonna be tough. Uh, it's gonna be really. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm serious. His team is um, his team is solid right now. Yeah. Just really from top to bottom. Yeah, got a really solid team. So, Steve, uh, Steve, any of these guys in the top twenty in your one of your leagues? I don't think so. No. Uh, no. No, but, neither. So looking out there, I guess, that, you know, no one running well, away with my legs. I think, oh. uh, you know, that could be an indication that your your two main event leagues are just more tightly uh, bound, bound up. They're more closer together. Yeah, um, both have tightened up a lot the last couple of weeks. That's it's good to see. Yeah, yeah. So that, that'll be exciting down the stretch. Scott Jenstad um, actually just moved into um, first place um, right now. Uh live as we do i know you wrote your article a little earlier than when yeah, this that was a uh, yeah. monday yep. morning monday morning but yeah yep. um so he's in first now but i wonder how many teams because i just ran through out of the top eight teams uh saw a lot of aaron judge i wonder how what his influence is on the overall standing oh my god <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure the teams in the top uh, 50 a lot of yeah. them have judge yep he's been he's been going wild um and then our buddy Phil Dassault, uh 60th place as of Monday morning. And uh, he says he's really focused, as you can see from the picture I included in the article. Mm -hmm. I, won't, I won't mention what it shows uh, for the people that are just listening. Um, but, <laughs> but, but I expect that he'll uh, continue to move up. Um, and then uh, I mentioned where the previous leaders were. And then I also show all the league leaders and then uh, mention some of the guys that have multiple league leads, like Ned Donahue. Uh, I won't mention the second guy, Mark S. Um, 
in case he's yeah. Don't thing. don't tell him his standing. So he'll, he'll, no, I, he's somewhere. You get somewhere. the un, yeah. You get the um. You get the mute or the block or something. You know. Yeah. I mean. Block, yeah. yeah, yeah. You get treated like you're just uh, some crazy Twitter conspiracy theorist. You know, Todd. Which which I am. How dare yeah? How dare you look at standings? <laughs> And then Je- Jeff Mitzef, Jay Mitz, is uh, has two firsts. Uh, Eric Heberlig, um, I mentioned Scott Jenstad, Rob DiPietro. I don't know who he is. He has the first and a third. Some fucking uh, meatball. Some guy. Some uh, meatball. Brian Sla- <laughs> Brian Slack, who uh, some meatball talked to, two mm-hmm. seconds and a third. Um, and uh, you can see a few of the others. I won't read them all off, but. Uh, Really, some outstanding jobs and great players. I think, uh, based on my study last year, there's still a lot of movement that's going to happen. It's only 37% of the uh, season is completed. So, uh, I don't think even the guys that are so way out in first are sort of assured of winning the league based on what I saw last season. I like w- when you show the average score first, second, and third. I think it's the first time that their average third. Uh, play score crept into a hundred. So um, yeah, in a while, so yeah. I think you're starting to see more teams bubble up to the top two and you know start to distance themselves from you know being in the middle of the pack. But Steve, you got a team in second and third. Um, how has the season gone for you? Has it been consistently in that range, or have you been um, fighting your way up? Uh, fighting up. Uh, yeah, grad- gradually improving, um, despite a series of bad lineup decisions and. <laughs> Lack of aggression in Fab, uh, been been slowly moving up. Uh, yeah. you, you got the Fab ready to use uh, in June and July. That uh, could be a benefit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have what they call the hammer, and and yes. that, that that's actually you know your your real um, your real Twitter profile says methodical <laughs> fantasy baseball player. Methodical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the, I just, the hard I just wanted to really threaten people with like, oh, wow, this guy's an assassin. But uh, yeah, right. he didn't want to so go here's with a, that. Here's a, question, here's a question for you guys, especially since you're both very good at saving your fab dollars. So there's a player that you really want and you have more money than anyone else. The question is, do you try to save it or do you say, well, no, I'm just going to bid uh, more than even the second place guy has. To, to make sure I get it. Let's say it's a player. It's got to be a player you really want or, or this doesn't make any sense, but um, would you do that? Or would you sort of gamble that the second guy with the second most money is not going to go down to, you know, $1 so that you can, you don't need to, to completely uh, go over the top. Yeah. yeah I would I'm go. Gonna, yeah. Get it, Steve. I was say, like, so first of all, like figure out what the, the bare minimum that I need for the rest of the season and not going right. to, Go over that, but then I'd do the same thing for the teams with the second or third most fab, I guess. Like, uh-huh. like what's the highest reasonable bid they can make? Um, right. And then if they do something unreasonable and get them, then that, that hopefully will work out to your advantage too. If they leave themselves with like zero dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. agree. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I try to get that reasonable number and go straight to that number. Not, not anything off that reasonable number, you know, like I wouldn't get cute off of that. I would just really, um, you know, hit it. But I don't, I don't know, because it's always, it's always the team in twelfth uh, that doesn't, 
Yeah, that's just going to like, you never expect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, the thing. yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to predict. Like, do you, if there's that team that spent $0 or $10 all year, yeah. and has, it hasn't been for two months. Like, do you factor them into your calculation? It's very annoying. It's very annoying when they all of a sudden swing in with these $620 bid. Right. You know? Right. Yo, this guy's got four guys on the IL on a starting team. Hasn't made, hasn't won a guy in three <laughs> weeks, and then boom, six hundred and nineteen dollars. You know, exactly. and 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 he's gonna be the guy that depletes his whole thing and and just goes completely against uh, how cute you were trying to be. And exactly, for sure. exactly, yeah, yeah. Before we go, I want I want to tell you guys something and ask Todd one more question, if that's all right. Yeah, sure. yeah. Okay, so uh, Bob Gibson, nineteen sixty eight, a hundred one dollar player. Whoa. Oh my God, um, that's hard to believe. Yeah. So he and, more than Mick Ricky. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and, and that and that's more usable too. Like Ricky, a lot of the value is coming from steals that you don't need, right? Right. So you're not, when the category are going away, and I guess I guess you could win the ratio categories going away if you have three hundred innings of one point yeah. one two ERA. But and the stri- how many strikeouts did he have? It wasn't also? that like two sixty eight or something. I don't have it up uh, right now. Okay. Okay. Fine. Only twenty two wins, which seems. A little like for that well, yeah, um, sure. and then uh, <laughs> and then and here's the question Todd, because you said you're not interested in pilk um there is a cocktail called shrek piss um oh. and i'm wondering if if you would rather drink pilk or shrek piss which consists of tequila peach schnapps gin triple sex sour apple pucker melon liqueur sweet and sour mix pineapple juice watermelon juice and a garnish of a lemon wheel Wow. Oh, that garnish really helps. Um, I, I would go with the pilk way before that. It's, there's no way. There's no way I'm drinking that that peach schnapp stuff. Pilk is just winning, winning along, you know, so far. Absolutely. Um, it's the hot new drink. Before we let you go, Steve, though, we're going to um, ask you some questions um, while you're here. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, yeah. We got some disgusting we, drinks. We got some. Yeah. What's the most disgusting <laughs> drink you've <laughs> I always like, I always like, um, if I think of this like um, fear factor or stuff where you have to like eat random things, I would not oh be God, able to yeah. do anything good on that show. Yeah. That's um, uh pass on that for sure. Um, but, um, I wanted to ask you, Steve, I know you do a lot of work with projection systems, building your, you know, um, uh, drafting strategy and player rank. So just kind of wanted to get into like what projection systems have you found, you know, that work for you best for drafting and also for like um, lineup setting and uh, and fab. Um, So uh, I spent way too much time this offseason, like testing other projection systems for accuracy like versus last year's results. And what I found was basically what Jeff Zimmerman posted at Fangrass. Um, so I would just look at that if anyone cares to see it. But for the most part, I think the bad X does best on, you know, the skills for hitters and not too well in playing time, but um, I think that's been fixed this year. And then pitchers, none of them are quite as good. And the best thing you can do is probably average a few different systems, it seems like. Um, so, mm-hmm. That, that's pretty much what I do um, for draft season. This year, I did make my own projections, um, and I don't have a whole lot of confidence in them, you know, them being new. So I just sprinkled them in at like a small percentage of the overall weight, but still put 
bring most of the weight on the, those public systems that test out well. Um, so yeah, so we'll see how it turns out, you know, at season's end. If it if those things I come up with do well, then I'll, I'll use a little more next year. That's that's pretty impressive. How how long did it take you to like build your own from like start to finish? Would you say? Um, oh, couple, I'm not going to disclose that. <laughs> probably a couple of months, but a lot of that is just like learning the Excel stuff. You know, yeah. like I think it'd be a lot faster to to test everything again next year, assuming I remember it, because I'll just not use it for for six months or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's just the Excel learning curve. How do you, how do you determine, like, so do you, so you have a percentage of, of what you'll use for each system into your SGP rankings? Yeah. And this, I don't think this adds a whole lot of value, but I do it by category. Right. So I know like the, like Tanner's SGP, um, or sorry, projection aggregator, it's like 20% for, if you choose 20%, then it's 20% for everything, every stat on that on that system, um, right. but I break it down by by stats. So I might have forty percent on bad X for home runs, but only twenty percent on steals. Um, so hopefully, like slightly, just following the projections, what the, where they're better, and, and putting less weight on them where they're worse, which is more of a factor I think on pitching. The systems tend to be like the bad mm-hmm. X is just good on everything on hitting, but with pitching, like there's some projections that are they're pretty good at saves, you know, cause they've got a good manual input there, but not that good on ERA. Um, so I don't think I said, I don't think that adds a whole lot of value, but I just like playing around with it and doing it. Um, so that's how I, I kind of started from scratch so I could do that myself. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you also factor in how you tend to draft a specific category. Yeah. So I, I've like really clear trends. I've drafted a ton of DCs, especially and I've done it for a few years and like, clear trends come out like i always do really well and runs rbis wins and strikeouts because they're driven by playing time and i tend to do well in playing time um so uh i think this is the first year that i've like done it formally where i adjusted my values to account for that right so a run is worth a little bit less to me because i'm going to have lots of runs probably and do all that category regardless so i take some of the the dollar value out of a run and put it on the category where i don't do as well Mm -hmm. right um which tends to be like average or steals or probably home runs at this point, the way this year's going. Um, so uh, hopefully the idea is that it'll, it'll even me out a little bit. I won't be wasting kind of resources on runs where, you know, it takes a lot to go from like 13th to 14th to 15th. Um, and those draft resources can hopefully be more productive if I put them into average or steals and move up a few points in the middle. Um, so that's the idea anyway. And so far I just checked it for the first time tonight, actually, but so far I'm a little bit more even in the categories. So maybe okay. it's working. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's, that's, that's awesome. When you, you know, when you have that idea to, you know, really try to balance your, your, your stats out according to how you normally tend to do things and, you know, getting to that point where it might be more balanced. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, I don't have any good ideas like that. I don't have the skills well, to think, even try I think it. Most people would just do it by feel, probably, right? Right. Like if, you, right. if you look back at your teams, you know, like I tend to like destroy home runs or whatever, crush home runs, then you would just right. like make a point of drafting some pitching or some speed guys early. But yeah, yeah. I don't trust myself to do it very well by feel. Like, you know, you could overshoot the mark or undershoot. So I don't know. I like to have it uh, in numbers. 
Do you ever look into like how much that you add in fab, like in fab leagues? No, I don't think I've done that. I know yeah, there's that's been something on. I think yeah. Todd Todd Zola had one, and it was it was less than this is a few years ago, but from what I remember, a bigger portion of the stats came from the draft than I would have guessed. I don't remember what it was. If it was like seventy percent, eighty percent, something like that. But given how much time we spent on fab and you know how many roster moves teams are making one and a half per team per week um the the impact on the stats wasn't as large as as i would have thought yeah i think i remember that too that uh it was it was like i thought it was 70 percent from the draft or something and 30 percent throughout the uh, season on the fab and also if that's an average though then you know the the people we're talking about before this don't make any moves are are well yeah that down yeah yeah so but um, what what about um, one of my favorite things that you do is you um, I think you tweeted about this. It was one of the first things I think I I ever saw you tweet when I started to uh, get into the whole Twitter um, fantasy baseball um, sphere, and um, you showed like rankings of analyst um, pitching rankings and then compared it to like the projection system rankings. And um, I think you do it pretty consistently every year. So what does that practice help you? Like, um, what do you, what do you benefit from, from, from looking at that? Honestly, I'm not sure I have benefited too much. Um, when I first started doing that, I expected the analysts look stupid, the projections to, you know, typically do better, um, where they give the, the big divergence, you know, the rankers are really high on some of the projections don't like or vice versa. But at least last year, I'd say the win went to the, the human rankers. Um, I didn't change too much. Um, I just took note this year of, of pitchers that were, because I'm mostly just using projections. So when there was pitchers that rankers have a lot higher than the projections, I was like, oh, I should take a you know, a closer look at that guy. This could be like Sandy Alcantara last year, right? The projected systems hated him, but uh, Rankers liked him. He turned out pretty well. Um, so I didn't really adjust anything other than just using it as a way to, to to identify pitchers I need to take a closer look at. But if it happens again, then, you know, maybe it's worth testing and you could actually like bring it in. Like you could just test like how accurate the ranks tend to be versus projections and what's the best way to combine them. Um, you could find a way to, use it like to directly and like formally influence your ranks it would just get a little complicated i guess um in deciding like just like you have to look at different projection systems and decide which to use like which rankers you want to put more weight on and so forth would be i think hard to figure out because you're going to have some small samples you know unless someone's been publishing ranks for a decade yeah right absolutely cool it's uh i like seeing that little list that you show it's uh, it's cool to see two on a snapshot where all the pitches are going, uh, you know, ranked in everyone's list. I feel like projections are doing well this year, but I haven't actually like sat down and you know measured how well and given wins to to one approach or the other. Do you ever look at how good your early DCs do compared to your like ones that are closer to the season? Yeah, I look at everything. Well, um, <laughs> so, well, I know you so, do. I'm just yeah. thinking of the one. Yeah. <laughs> the one that I want to hear about the most. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I've, I get another trend I have it, for whatever three or four years is I tend to do better with the earlier DCs. And I just assume I'm just like even more fanatical than the other people that are doing baseball drafts in November. So I have a bit of a, a leg up 
and information, you know, like I'll get the projections first or find ways around the projections by like saving the in-season projections the last week and then adjusting playing time manually to try to get projections for next year. So there's just things I do to try to have a little bit better information than but the But is it okay that the tournament um, <laughs> Really early. But then, you know, by the time later drafts come, the everyone's got better information than that. So, uh, yeah. you know, that that advantage disappears, I think. I, I remember too when, when you were talking about um, that and you were wondering, like, you know, how many – you were like, oh, I want to do like more draft, but like uh, I tend to do better early in the season. I should have done more <laughs> earlier. <laughs> yeah, I should, just, I should just stop. Like, just when stop everyone, yeah. like you know, when everyone has the information that I have, they're better at processing it, right? So I should just not do drafts in March. Yeah, when yeah. it's the most fun to do it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, then it's like, oh, this guy popped into playing time. Like I want to get one of him, you know, like I want to get a team yeah, like this well, guy, that, you know? That's yeah. the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah, I think it's counteracted by like hopefully in fab leagues, you know, like that's that's other differences in March. You're doing fab leagues, and yeah, right. Hopefully, right. I, can, I can. There's basically time is my only advantage early. I just put more time into it than, than other people, so hopefully, I can recreate that with fab, you know, to, to get some of that advantage back. Right, absolutely. Hi, right, Todd. You want to um, ask Steve any questions? Yeah. Okay. Here's the would would you rather for you two guys? Oh boy. Since you Here guys asked me. All right. So. Would you rather be royalty 1,000 years ago or an average person today? So you could be King DiPietro and, and King, King Weimer uh, in, in 1022, or you'd be an average person today trying to build a draft champions lineup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't have fantasy. Take it today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have fantasy baseball. They didn't have, you know, like, basic medicine um so i think I, that was the first thing i thought of lifespan yeah. and medicine that's yeah, yeah. right so I, I care more about absolute well-being than relative well-being but, i think but, my absolute but, well-being is higher now but, yes what about it being king dipietro don't you think that would be worth something you can look down on people for until you die at 24 <laughs> yeah yeah because not even from bad medicine too just from you know people wanting to you know usurp you uh, you know, <laughs> I feel right. like, right. yeah, I feel like, um, I feel like I would be a very big target. I think I would probably be, <laughs> you know, uh, I think I'd be a little bit of a, you know, King Hammerhead, you know, more like it. I, I would, <laughs> I think it, being a King would really get to my head. <laughs> Not that Maybe. I need it, but, but, um, but, but nobody would be mad at you from Twitter. Oh, you know what? All right. Okay. I get that. I get that. The simple life. You know, I would I get to, I would. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what, what continent we're talking about, but the, the alternative to people being mad at you at Twitter might have been uh, uh, being put to death for heresy. So I'm just looking at a quick timeline. The year 1022, putting people to death for heresy has begun in Europe. 14 said to have been burned to death in the city of Lyon. Oh my God. You know what? what? About, uh, that's yeah. that's totally equivalent to, um, <laughs> you know, anyone who is just unpopular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What about? What, wasn't that near uh, Steve? Wasn't that near when the Crusades happened? Ten twenty two. Oh, I don't actually know these things. Um, we we uh, all studied them in school. When were the Crusades? Should have. Yeah, I don't see it. it's not showing up in this 
this super simple timeline that I found. I guess. I guess. Ninety six. Okay. So it was before the Crusades. You probably couldn't make it to the Crusades. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I couldn't make it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate your fielding that question for me. <laughs> I would. Um. I mean, I guess it would be cool that you'd get to wear chainmail. Uh, you know, chain, you know, but um, and and I feel like um, you know, I guess it's just taking taking the you know, just different things to do. You know, you'll have to do a little jousting maybe to uh, you know, that'll be you know, like that's 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 probably a form of maybe they had a fantasy jousting league, you know, like. <laughs> And, and you that's know true, everyone, yeah, there was just one guy who dominated in jousting. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and... he, he had a good uh, SGP rating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, we could put money on that though, Todd. If 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 you know, maybe if I was king, I'd know that Steve would be tracking everything in yeah, right. in, the, in the castle. He he he'd, he'd be he'd, the guy. He'd, he definitely needed to be hired by the king, you know, to keep track of stuff. Yeah, yeah, he'd be like the, you know, like you're in your Game of Thrones world. He'd be like the 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 maester, you know. He right, make, the maester. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. He would make the, you know, the concoctions. He would make the milk of the poppy, and you know, he'd he'd keep <laughs> he'd keep a log of of you know all the history. You know of the seven kingdoms, and everyone will go to Steve that's when right, they needed right. anything in the yep. big in the big book. He'd be writing in the big book, but 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 he would also be a great hand of the king. You know, yeah, he, the he, hand. You know, oh, yeah. I guess that would be a good Twitter poll. You know, what Was would the Steve make the better, a maester or <laughs> or the hand of the king? You know, he's got because he's, he's got some good. You know, uh decision making skills skills good right, good right, right. great triaging skills so good advice yeah <sighs> i think he, if if you if you had phil and steve you could whoa. have one one do each job whoa yeah yeah i then 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 oh man that's pressure i don't i don't know i'd probably just let them handle both you know in some kind of combo role like hybrid they'd be like the tanner hauk and G garrett whitlock for me <laughs> they <laughs> could just be used in any any uh you know it shows off their vast right. range of skills <laughs> but and, i mean that, i guess if i had to pick uh i guess because you know what would i equivalent the robot to i think the robot would have to be the maester um and i think yeah. You know, I think Steve would bring a little more of his human element better into the hand of the king. You know, right, have maybe probably. more empathy. Not to say Phil doesn't have empathy, but you know, just less robotic <laughs> input on the. Um, anyway, right. Phil's right. like, like the, isn't the, the hand a lot more likely to be assassinated? Oh, I think I'd rather have to, <laughs> I'd rather just be locked away in the tower. Well, you, you're yeah, taking yeah. notes on, on sheep, if, sheep if reading trends. If you're and, in Game of Thrones, you're definitely more like. <laughs> and just send ravens, right? That's it. That's yeah, it. send just, the raven. Yeah, send the raven. Oh man, that's that's the title of this podcast. Uh, send the raven. Uh, send the raven. Let's get a T-shirt for that. Let's send the raven to Steve Weimer. He, he'll and he'll handle the rest. But uh, okay. awesome guys, that's this good. was a great episode. Steve, thank you for joining us. Thank um, you, Steve. Yeah, you, you want to. 
tell everyone where to find you or do you not want to be found? You're, you, yeah, you just want to stay in the castle now. <laughs> no, I'll, just, I'll just stay in the tower. Uh, that's great. Um, Todd, tell everyone where to find your article. Yeah. yeah. So the article is at spstreamer.com. It's a free article. It comes out every Monday. I'm not 100% sure I'm going to be doing one this Monday because I have a little medical procedure coming up. But um, every Monday, I usually able to do an article. And um, uh, also at, at Telestar7 on Twitter, if people want to reach out, happy to try to help with any questions or anything I can uh, point out if possible. I can't believe at this stage in your life, you're going to add size to your, uh, you know, your bottom half. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> just, just joking. That's not what Todd's having done, but no, good luck no. on your, uh, good luck on your procedure top. I hope everything goes well. And, um, thank you. You know, we'll do our best. If you can't make a pod, I'll, I'll do my best to find and, uh, you know, some get a, get you know, a new hand of the king. And new I'm hand. gonna have to get a new hand of the king. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Thank you so much. Enjoy your week right. and um, fantasy baseball prosperity to all. There you go. All right, folks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Thank you for everyone who keeps in touch um, via Twitter or email and just um, says kind words about the show and just offers feedback or just you know an outlet to talk to uh, not only fantasy but real life as well so i appreciate all the interactions and the support and um just remember not being a bag of shit it goes so far in life so don't be a bag of shit